This is the Coach to Coach Podcast, episode number 19. Game time. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Coach to Coach Podcast, where we believe every kid deserves a coach that cares and every coach deserves someone in their corner. I'm your host, Nate Salee, and I'm so pumped to have you with us on the show today. This podcast is sponsored by the Northern Kentucky Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and there's an incredible work being done. We're grateful to all of the donors and board members and, and prayer partners and people that contribute and make things just like this podcast possible. Well, hey, on this episode, we have a very uh, awesome interview with a good friend of mine, uh, former FCA leader at NKU, Sam Ratowski. She is a former soccer player at Northern Kentucky University. She is on the back end of her graduate assistantship at Lee University, which is a national championship contender at the Division II level on the soccer field. She shares some insight on how she's been able to handle a lot of things at once in her life and kind of keep all areas uh, healthy, and then how do we get to know our players at a deeper level and help get the most out of them and get the highest performing team? So let's hop right into our conversation with Sam Ratowski. All right, guys, I'm so excited. We're sitting here with Coach Sam Ratowski. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. We just had a little uh, catch up. It had been a while. Sam was one of our uh, NKU student leaders, and now she has entered in the coaching world and uh, after your, this is, you've had two seasons in, right? Yes, That's two right. seasons. Yeah, well, <laughs> tell us a little bit of just you, your story, and how'd you get into coaching, and yeah, just kind of yeah. give us some background. So, um, I'll start at the end, or the current, and then <laughs> backward, backtrack. I'm currently at Lee University. It's um, a small D2 school in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I'm the graduate assistant soccer coach there, um, so I've spent the last however many, two years now, I'll be wrapping up there in May, uh, down there coaching those girls and just entering the world of coaching, really. <laughs> um, but I've obviously, I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, that's been a part of my DNA, honestly, just every sport all year round. Um, what all sports did you play? I mean, oh, yeah. Soccer, obviously. But I didn't <laughs> soccer, I swam pretty competitively. I, I ran cross country in middle school. I ran track in high school. I played baseball. Well, in Columbus, I played with the boys. Nice. Uh, I played baseball and soccer with boys, so that really helped me. <laughs> and then I went on to play softball. Um, did I say? I played basketball pretty competitively. I played in high school. Um, just my senior year, though, that's a whole... <laughs> I played for a long time, and then right before freshman year, I dropped out, and then I Came picked back it for back senior in year. my senior year. You don't see that much. <laughs> it was... I don't regret it at all. I wish I would have played all four years. That's my biggest regret, but I'm happy I did my senior year. Um, so then I went on... Soccer became, soccer is the reason I pretty much gave up basketball. Um, went on to play at Northern Kentucky University. Had a great four years there. Um, looking back, I, I feel like it was such a great experience. But there were really, I mean, obviously any college athlete would tell you there's hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you know my story, which is, there's a lot of injuries. I have a lot of weird injuries. <laughs> so I had a lot of like um, valleys and struggles with injuries and what that looked like, what it looked like to be a player on the bench. Mm. Honestly, those times of injury kind of made me see the game a little differently, made me appreciate the game a little more. Um, and I guess I always just assumed I was going to be a coach. And I think um, 
I think people, I honestly assumed that too, like, oh, when you coach your own team, like, those were, like, kind of the words that people were saying, and that's what I was kind of saying to myself, well, when I have my own team, we're mm-hmm. not going to do this fitness test, <laughs> but, um, but I do love fitness, so that's irrelevant, but, um, so, I don't know, it was always kind of ingrained, like, if I play this long, I was always a leader, I was able to be captain for two years, and I love that role, I love um, being able to lead my team and serve my team in that fashion, so I just felt like it was a natural mm-hmm. um kind of like an expected thing for me to do was to coach. And so I went, I wanted to get my master's. That was a must for me um, because I want to be a school counselor and the perfect like balance in that. And what I wanted to do was be a GA while also get my master's. Mm -hmm. Really good deal, but crazy lifestyle. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Lee just popped up. It was just a total, total God thing. Um, It's a Christian school. So I was able to get my school counseling degree with a Christian perspective, which um, was awesome and beneficial, and I hope it'll help my career. But I also got to coach this awesome group of girls and um, literally the best of both worlds, even though the schedule's been insane. But, yeah, that's kind of where I've ended up. I think coaching was always on my path and on my radar. Um, And for it to happen, like, straight out of college, I don't know, like, at a D2 school that's really competitive, like, I don't know if I would have – um, envision that but I'm super happy with where I'm at and hopefully it'll lead to other opportunities here soon so that's cool yeah, yeah. so you were you were at Mason High School and yeah. then NKU mm-hmm. and then Lee give us a quick snapshot of this recent season you guys did really awesome for yeah. the D2 tournament can you give me like a yeah. flyover of what that was like <laughs> yeah I actually just got goosebumps when you asked because it like that was like it was one of those goosebumps kind of season where yeah. like every game in the tournament you're like getting goosebumps so we had a really we had 11 freshmen Wow. Um, we lost 10 seniors the year before, so total, re- what we would have, as coaches say, a rebuilding year, mm-hmm. that's kind of our plan, but you also never want to give up, so you don't want to give up hope, you're not just going to throw the season, and so we had a lot of learning, we had a lot of freshmen, so we had a lot of young mistakes, we had a lot of young, um, we won games we weren't supposed to win, and we lost games we weren't supposed to lose, and that was kind of the story of the season, we had, we lost like a couple games in a row, and we were like, holy cow, we didn't think we were going to make the conference. <laughs> Fast forward, made it to conference, lost in the semifinals. Then we're like, oh, we're going to make it to NCAA. And so we made it in our region. So we got the at-large bid, underdog in every Which game. Which isn't that common, right? I mean, It's not that common. Yeah, you have to be the top. It's crazy how it works. I've learned so much in region. You have to be the top six in the region, in this region. And the region we're in is one of the hardest hardest regions to get out of in the country mm-hmm. for D2. It's the southeast region. So... Uh, or South region, so it's like super, super competitive. The best, like the number one and two schools in the country are in that. Oh wow! And so that was, um, it's hard to get into the tournament at, with an at-large bid, especially with the season that we had had and the losses mm-hmm. we had. So when making it was just like, oh my gosh! It gave the girls just this like oh, surge yeah. of confidence. Then we play our first game, pretty even. We won in overtime, big deal. Play the, uh, so that was the game, second game. Number two team in the country hasn't lost a game whole season. They beat us earlier in the season. They have a girl in the Jamaican national team, just super great team. <laughs> Probably outshot us, had the ball more than us, beat them in overtime. <laughs> We're going to the wow. Sweet 16. Incredible, incredible there. We got to host the Sweet 16, which is nice. also unheard of. So we got to play the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight if we would have made if we made it at home, which crowd support. Yeah. It's like the 12th man. Play in the Elite Eight. 
going overtime. <laughs> we win again. All of <laughs> these these girls are giving me like, out, yeah. heart problems because of the stress. <laughs> we go to play, I think we went to play Columbus State, or they were still at home for Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Number either, I think it was the three team, undefeated, still undefeated team. They probably had the ball 80% of the game. They had 17 corner kicks for not you soccer players. They had 17 corner kicks. We had two corner kicks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is, and they outshot us by a ton. We won in regular time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, so that sent us to the final four for the first time ever which was in Pittsburgh, and we played the number one team in the country, also undefeated. We yeah. lost, but like... But you had beaten number two and number three yeah. to get there. Yeah. Holy cow. So that was not a quick snapshot, but <laughs> it's no, hard to wrap fine. that up super oh, yeah. fast because what these girls did, each win, maybe we shouldn't have won, maybe we weren't the better team, but what it did was give them confidence and mm. gave them excitement and like it gave us hope, like, okay, like we can do it no matter right. what. And so I just saw like a resiliency and just like... A grit about them like mm-hmm. yeah they may have the ball more than us but we'll find a way to score and that's what that's the name of the game in soccer whoever scores right. and sometimes soccer is unforgiving and I've been on the other end of those games but to be honest and as a coach it was like a little stressful at times but right. <laughs> super rewarding like I'm not a crier but I cried there <laughs> my players <laughs> I was crying happy tears when we made it to the final four and like my girls were like oh my gosh you're crying <laughs> and I was like I'm so proud of you and so, Which has a whole new yeah, experience yeah. this first time, right? Yeah, yeah it was new for everybody, um, and me being to not be team, on yeah. the field too and being yeah, kind of yeah, built into these girls. And yeah, it, you wonder how excited, like how excited you're going to be as a coach, but mm-hmm. like it's a completely different kind of excitement. Wow. Like you just, it's like an overwhelming happiness for these players that have been working for how long, especially like the seniors, like mm. they've been working their whole lives for that moment and. It was like a proud mom moment. I think I got a glimpse into what motherhood's going to be like. Yeah. Just an incredible experience. I'm so thankful for that team. I'm thankful for, like, we had really hard times in that season of just frustration and just not knowing. Yeah. And so it just kind of shows, like, I don't know, resiliency really kind of pays off and just having a belief in that we're able to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Where, where do you think that, that confidence came from? Like, what was, like, the... How did they get to have that confidence? Did it did it take finally getting that outcome of beating somebody they weren't supposed to beat, or was it just from another source? Like, why do you think they had that belief and that confidence? I think it was a combination of things. We lost to a team we shouldn't have lost in the conference semifinals, and I think that kind of shook them. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, our season could have could have been over. And so the not like first election show I think you watch when you guys watch like even like the big March Madness election mm-hmm. show teams are like overjoyed like yeah that was our feeling because like we had we really it could not it have happened right and so like the seniors imagine being a senior not knowing if your career's over and so like that was just like a huge relief and so like I think that was a big factor like a huge spark yeah hey that was almost the end. And then, yeah, beating every, every – with every game, they got more confidence. Like, That's with cool. every game, we saw players, like, step up big time. Like, some of our freshmen, like, from midseason to the last game, like, completely different players. And nice. that's what you want to see from your freshmen. But it was cool to see it, like, happen in practice every day, too. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it was a mixture of things. But we're, no matter, whatever it was, we're glad it happened, <laughs> yeah, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we, uh, we'll get back to some more serious stuff in a minute, but we always love to have a 
you know, what's, what's the most embarrassing moment or one of the funniest stories? I'm sure there's a bunch of them that are crossed over, over time. Yeah, what would, be a, what would be a good one you want to share? Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> so this season was like funny for a lot of reasons, logistically. So mm-hmm. as a GA, you do a lot of the logistics and you order a lot booking of the hotels. Food. Yeah, booking yeah. hotels. <laughs> and so any like assistant or GA can kind of like uh, relate to me on this, mm-hmm. the stress you feel when it comes to ordering food and like you don't know if you're gonna have a place to sleep that night (laughs) or like even the flights I get really nervous for the flights like if the names are right so that's just like I my first year coaching or last year so long ago I would wake up and have like nightmares of like the food not being there because I do love the girls so much it wasn't so much of like uh I need to get right it was like well if I don't get right these girls aren't eating (laughs) so um we had hired another like another GA so she but she was I was, like, kind of in charge of her, like, in the, like, we worked together, and I kind of mm-hmm. delegated stuff. I got everything, and then I would delegate. So, every, any food mistake, no matter who it was, came back on me. Still on your, yeah. And so, she's love her to death. She's from Brazil. Incredible player, incredible coach, knows the game so well. She was in charge of ordering pizza all season. We, whenever we got pizza, that was her job. That mm-hmm. was the easiest thing for her to do at that time. And so, we had, it had been a doozy of a trip. We were... Coaching brings you to a lot of really cool places <laughs> around the world. I've seen a lot of cool things. Some places are better than others. And so this is my first time in Mississippi, and I don't know if I'm going to go back. <laughs> um, so we're in Mississippi, in Cleveland, Mississippi, funny enough. We're oh, from wow. Cleveland, Tennessee. And we had traveled a lot within the state because there's no hotels in Cleveland, Mississippi. So we had stayed in Oxford, Mississippi. Gotcha. And so my GA, this is like... It wasn't funny at the time. She had ordered pizza to be delivered to the Ole Miss soccer stadium and for after the game. Yeah. And we were two, and, was two and a half hours <laughs> away from Ole Miss. It's hot and ready. It's just... <laughs> so, so our manager, you call. So the other problem was we were, we were tied to a team, one of the bottom teams of our conference. And if we would have lost that game would have been bigger problems than the pizza. And so our manager, the pizza wasn't there, and we were in overtime, and I was like, hey, go call the pizza. And mm-hmm. she couldn't really understand because of this thick southern accent, actually. And he was like, well, I'm at the stadium. She's like, well, I'm outside the stadium. And he's Where like, I'm out this." And they just had this back and forth for like 15 minutes. I don't know why it took them that long. And I'm not even watching the game anymore. And our head coach, after, he's like, I knew something was up because you guys were pacing. <laughs> And I don't even know how we ended up winning, which is like so good. But we had to order pizza to this new Domino's in like ten minutes, and it was and it wasn't out. ready. They're right. freaking out. The Domino's is like, well, it's gonna be really expensive because you just called it in, and we won, and we were so happy that we won because if we would have <laughs> lost and the pizza wasn't ready, it would have been magnified. it would have been a nightmare, and that's just like. <laughs> Like, my worst nightmare did come true. <laughs> like, but it was so stressful at the time, but we were we were very, like, yeah, very stressed. Today. But Thank now we're laughing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the girls think it's so – like, they know how stressful the food is, so they, like, are so yeah. appreciative. Like, I've never been on a team with so many thank yous, but, like – Oh man. Yeah. And there's some people at Ole Miss that had some really good pizza. Yeah, so so now there's fifteen pizzas in another city. <laughs> so whoever got that, you're welcome. Yeah, there you go. That's on us. <laughs> there was a problem because we did have to pay twice. Yeah. You know? It was worth it. Yeah. Made it out. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, stressful. Oh wow. Yeah. I don't I don't envy that job at all. 
you have, to, you have to trust other people. It's yeah. a tough one. Uh, well, we one of the main conversations we have with coaches, uh, a lot of them are married with family and kind of different seasons of life. So it's really cool to see a different perspective. Somebody just just out of uh, out of college getting the kind of foot into coaching. So for you, how did you balance? You had grad school. You had helping out with the team, which is not just a 15-an-hour-a-week job, I'm quite sure, and personal stuff. I mean, you had a lot on your plate. So how did you find time to stay healthy, you know, physically, getting the academic work done professionally, spiritually, uh, you know, or some wins and losses yeah. through that with some lessons learned? Yeah, and I think um, if you would ask me at different points in the season, it would be a different answer every part of the mm-hmm. season because – that's the nature of being in season with a college sport, the traveling, the workload in school. Um, so I, yeah, I say working, if I do the math, which you're going to do and you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I probably worked around 40 for soccer a week. Yeah. My internship, I was in elementary school doing school counseling with the little ones, and that's 20 hours a week. And then I was in full-time grad student with nine hours of classes. Wow. And so the math is like not enough so hours you're, in you're, <laughs> So you're, you're 69 hours yeah. before doing any homework. Yeah, yeah, homework was like low all the time. <laughs> My professors knew that, I think. Um, but that also is like seven days. It's not just like a five day. Like when you hear mm-hmm. 40 hour a week, like this, well, this is for seven days. Like I worked, yeah. like most of my hours for soccer on the weekends. Um, and so every day I kind of look up and I'm like, how am I going to do this? And like, honestly, it was like, this was a very up and down season with every aspect of my life. Like, I think spiritually I struggled when I didn't prioritize, I mean, obviously when you don't prioritize and I was able to start a study with some friends actually back in Ohio Hmm. and we started off really, really strong. And I was like getting in the word, which was the first time I'd been able to like actually study like that. Were you hopping on like a Zoom call or something? Yeah, we did it on Skype and it was so great. They're like my second family here in Ohio and so beneficial. And then something happened. Nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) Life happened. And like, we just, we all got busy and we all Mm -hmm. lost kind of that, like we weren't able to meet, like it was impossible to meet with our schedules. And like, so I definitely were, it was at times where I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm like really getting healthy in the word. And I just feel really strong about that. But, um, definitely towards the end of the season, like, and all honestly, like didn't touch my Bible and like, Mm -hmm. which was like, Stinks, but I also like as long as I was aware of it, I like know that like okay, like how can I change that? And so that was yeah, definitely it was still like, a felt need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if I'm learning from what ha- like why did that happen? And like, mm. I mean, literally, I just needed another hour of the day. <laughs> like I am a very big like I train for a marathon now. Like I love fitness, and so that was a priority. But I, I said earlier, like I didn't wake up a couple of days because I. Like could it to work out because I was so tired and yeah. so like I was trying to weigh like workout time is my time for me mm-hmm. spiritual time well God's more important than me so like <laughs> and then school like if I don't pass I'm not going to graduate so how do you even balance that and like I do not have an answer and I do not like I was talking to my professor at the end of the year I don't know how I did it and mm-hmm. like obviously I, if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus and I wasn't strong in my faith I don't think my head would have been on straight I think that I would have been like exploded at some point or another yeah Yeah. and so even though my like I wasn't actively pursuing and reading and learning I do feel like that is kind of my blanket of protection and shield Mm -hmm. in that time of life and I know seasons of life bring different Mm -hmm. um kind of spiritual growth and this is a different kind of spiritual growth I think I don't 
I think I've learned more about like how I can be spiritually healthy and so yeah it was <laughs> I like I look back I'm like I don't know I honestly don't I'm like I had a lot of people like willing to work with me and I had a lot of people like give and take time yeah. and so that was a lot of it it's a lot of communication and mm-hmm. that's why I feel like I am good at like being proactive in communication and like yeah. if, if same with families like if you're actively communicating with your spouse or your kids like it's going to be easier to balance all that stuff and I think that was the biggest thing is like my, the relationships I had with people mm-hmm. is how I was able to not make anybody super upset because I'm I was just pulled too thin. So in the end, I'm really happy. I, like I made it through that, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if I would do that many hours of life. Right. <laughs> well, it, well, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the perfect time of of your life. If you're gonna do it, it's yeah. the time to do it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, did you find any? Because I was able to at some point. Uh, just you, you mentioned running. Where there would be times where I just have a music playlist go on, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of did the whole distracted running thing. Mm-hmm. And there's other times where I just went without anything yeah. and found ways to... It was actually a really good... Like, I was kind of like double dipping, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Like, yeah. I, was, I was training physically, but I was also able to have basically time with the Lord. I was praying, and, mm-hmm. and every once in a while I'd be, like, singing stuff. There was a couple of Toby Mac songs that I'd be, like, yeah, shouting out, yeah. didn't care, you know. Uh, or you, did you feel like that was able to happen a little bit too? Like while you were running, you were also kind of having yeah. some time for the Lord too? I've used running. I've always been, which people will cringe, I will do my 22-mile rounds without any music. I've yeah. never liked having headphones in. Part of it is safety. Part of it is like focusing on like the actual like running. Yeah. Um, and I've also like, since I've started running, I've used it as a spiritual kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything else, so why not pray? And right. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, yeah, every run I'm praying no. for however long. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I can spare, if I'm going to run for an hour and a half, I can spare a couple minutes. And, like, so, I mean, yeah, my mind does wander, but, like, I can get back on track. So, yeah. yeah, I've always used, I've appreciated running for that. And I think running has given me a lot because of that. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of what I'm capable of, but also, like, how God has created us so perfectly and how he, like, creates those moments of, like, hey, here's how awesome I am. Like, mm-hmm. So I also, like, I tried to fit in. I My drive to my elementary school was nine minutes. Mm-hmm. I got the alert on my phone. I don't know why it does that, but it says it'll take nine minutes to get to Because they're always elementary. watching. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would squeeze in at least two worship songs every go. morning because that's, like, that's all I had at that. I would, like, I mean, in season, if you know the college soccer season, it's Friday, Sunday, so you don't go to church for yeah. four months. Um, there's no, like... Because you got to be at the stadium at what ten something. Like yeah, that? I mean we were making breakfast at eight thirty a.m. Oh, and then yeah, we played until yeah, so we played till four. So just no give. So that nine minutes of worship, yeah. even when I was like mad or like wasn't even paying attention, like at least it was like <laughs> infiltrating somewhere. <laughs> I was just like trying to do little things like that, mm-hmm. and like if it's silly, like even like um, I follow accounts on Instagram that like even like little things. If you don't have time. For these big things, you know, like you gotta find a way Still to do watch little Still watch what things. the input is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I'm also a big podcast girl, so mm-hmm. when I'm driving, which on some of the away trips, I would listen to podcasts, which was oh, that, that's a big one. I don't know why I didn't say that. It's like the biggest one: podcasts, yeah. <laughs> church sermons, yeah. <laughs> all day. <laughs> the city church we listen to, the bridge. Nice. So just like different, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Good deal. I know a couple other things we wanted to chat with would be, it'd be kind of a combo question here, but who were who were one or two coaches that you felt really impacted you along the way? 
And then what was it like going from a player to a coach? So I'm, I'm sure that was like the coaches that impacted you probably informed that too. Yeah. But what was that transition like and, and who has impacted how you're coaching now or how you'd want to coach in the future? Yeah. And I definitely, as I'm, I'm kind of approaching um, a new a time of new opportunity, so I'm looking for I'm gonna be looking for jobs here, and I'm trying to formulate what my like approach to coaching mm-hmm. when I have like I have my own team or I'm right. trying to formulate that philosophy of coaching. If you're looking so, for a soccer coach, she's still available. Yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am available. My name is Sam Rodowski. <laughs> um, and all, but seriously, <laughs> um, I yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about that and kind of like reflecting on what kind of coach I want to be. I we'll say it again and I saw him earlier this week and I'll say it probably until I'm however old but uh Andy Sher down at Mason is like hands down when I think of like a coach that impacted me I would say him and it's not what he taught me it's not what kind of player he made me into it was his relationship with the Mm. players it was I'm going to care more about you as a person than as a player and if the player thing all works out and we we made a state my senior year like then hey like that's just a plus like he was so concerned about our like well-being as students and um, friends and just like with within our friendships and just he was just like full-rounded holistic I would say coach. he wouldn't say that I don't think he'd say I'm a holistic coach but <laughs> that's when I like analyze his approach that's what he said and, like like FCA language we would say three-dimensional yes like, body mind spirit yes. or their heart you know like exactly. all of that yeah 100 yeah. percent yeah and he like and it's you can see it from the players that go back and visit him like if you're this is like one testament to how good of a coach is. People are going back to visit you still, or feel like you see your players and mm-hmm. like they're so excited to talk to you. Like I don't know, you even went back right and helped out with some of the preseason. Yeah, stuff and, and I've always tried to be a part of Mason soccer program because they gave me so much. Like that mm-hmm. program gave me so much. Like the least I can do is help out what they've done for me. And um, so he's like definitely influenced and kind of impacted where I'm thinking about going with my coaching. Um, and I. Going into the transition from player to coach is so, so challenging, Um, especially because it happened right. Like, it was a seamless transition. Like, I was a player, and then I was a coach. And so, like, I did however many preseasons in college, and then the next preseason I was coaching. And so part of me was like, I don't want to be in preseason, but if you've ever done a preseason, why would you ever think that? (laughs) So I wanted to be on the field so bad, but that was, like, part of the hard transition. But then... Once I got over that, even though to this day I still want to be on the field. Uh, but once I got over that, kind of like figuring out what um, what I responded to as a player, and I've been in their shoes, so I, at some point, like, there's going to be similarities, and I'm going to know. And I, as a GA, you don't have a ton of say in how the program was run, and I agree with a lot. Like, I, the culture is awesome, and I love the culture, but there's things that I can't wait to implement in my future, whatever, whatever I'm doing. Um, but I'm definitely, like taking what Coach Sure taught me. Even though he told me to call him Andy once I got older, but it's just still Coach Sure. <laughs> um, taking what he taught me as, like, just investing in them as people. And that's a GA. That was, like, the coolest, most unique position to do that is, like, I can invest in these girls. Like, right. they came You weren't making playing time decisions and yeah, stuff, too, exactly. which probably helped yeah. in some ways. Yeah, honestly. and, like, you want to have boundaries with that. But also, like, these are college kids who, like, college is a great time, but what you don't know is, like, it is difficult. Such a crossroads. Like, you yeah. don't – there's a hundred different things going on. And so I was – I love the position I was in to be able to, like, mentor those girls and, like, mm-hmm. care about them and, like – they would ask me questions off the, like, I mean, even things, like, I was teaching them how to, like, cut 
different vegetables and like oh, I don't know just like a little impact like that mm-hmm. and like how are we getting stains out of uniforms and like like even though that's like whatever materialistic like I'm hoping like that that would leave an impact and that's I can't wait to have a team and like of my own and mm-hmm. kind of that's what our team's gonna run on like relationships and the team that I've been two years that I've been coaching my, this group of girls is like super cohesive super mm-hmm. awesome great like you don't get that every day so I was really blessed with that um just a great group of kids so definitely relational care about the person which I think a lot of coaches are going to say that but in practice what does that look like mm-hmm. um, so, yeah do you have a strategy for it yeah that's, that's a lot of our challenge sometimes is we'll talk with coaches and it's like dude we know you have a good heart and you want to care about the kids and their hearts and everything else but it's how are you going to do that? What's the strategies? And we offer up options and stuff, but it, it is tough to like to have it land the plane because yeah. it can be easy to just give lip service to it or the want to is there, but mm-hmm. you're like, I just have, I only have this much amount of time and how do I even get that done? But yeah. it, a lot of it can be like you were saying, like how you go about stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't, you're not necessarily adding things. It can just be how you're going about your coaching could be a, a big deal. And I know you're, you're facing impact of that some because the reason you care about relationships so much is, I mean, it, it's relationships with God and relationships yeah. with other people. That's, that's pretty much the, the end. It's not a means mm-hmm. to an end. It's like, that is the, yeah. the end goal, you know? And I don't see like another way to go about it. Like, mm-hmm. or like another reason for why I'm coaching is like, well, I'm coaching because I love people and like, mm-hmm. I like love relationships. Like, you could I'm do fantasy so... football if you just wanted to do Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the impact sports are incredible. Like, sports have this awesome, not just, like, this platform for you to, like, share the gospel, but they mm-hmm. teach you so much, and they provide you with so many awesome interactions yep. and lessons. And so, like, in, you can be very vulnerable at times, and while you're a player, and, like, to have a coach that, like, knows that and to care about that, like, I don't know. Just, I think it's a perfect um, kind of setup, relationship kind of thing, the coach-player, yeah. like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. lack of better words I was oh, yeah, yeah the influence is just incredible yeah. and has been and I think it will continue to be uh, another area that we talked about a little bit before we started recording is just God made everybody different right and there's there's all these different personality tests out there and there's Myers-Briggs and there's DISC and there's there's a ton of them but one of the ones that's kind of getting a lot of attention now is the Enneagram and I know that impacted some of the relationships you had with your players and Maybe just give us a little bit. What have you learned about yourself and just the way different people are wired, how that would impact coaching? You want to touch on that for a second? Yeah. So, bless my girls, gosh. All season, <laughs> they were like pounding me to take this Enneagram test. I'm like, okay, like I'm busy, obviously. I don't right. have time for that. <laughs> so many hours a week before homework. Like, yeah, please tell me. I'm trying to run. Exactly. <laughs> and then they wanted me to read the book that goes with it. So, it was like, this wasn't just like a two minute test commitment. So, yeah. I eventually took it towards the end of the season and um, was like, well, whenever you take it, you're like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, that's what I am. (laughs) Um, And then I was able to read the book and I had the girls, well, the girls were trying to guess who I, like, what number I was. And, like, I got everything. Like, they didn't know, I had no idea what I was. There's nine types. Yeah, there's nine. And so they thought I was the achiever, the performer, the challenger at one point. Um, But I'm a perfectionist. I'm a one with a really strong two wing. So I'm a perfectionist with a really strong helper wing, which I think is perfect. Let me say wing, that's kind of like your secondary. Yeah, it's like the stronger one. So like you could have the, if you're a nine, you could have an eight wing or a one wing. 
Gotcha. So it's with the other two on the other side of you. So it's a one, you can have a two or a nine. Gotcha. For all you and so yeah we it when you're reading i read the book um it's read back to you it's a great book and i read it and it explained when i was reading it you're reading about another number and it's probably someone you love and you're like oh yeah that's why we butt heads or that's why this (laughs) yeah it makes so much sense and like well you find yourself doing that all the time my players I knew how to approach certain players, even though sometimes it didn't t- change how I approached them. <laughs> I had a challenger player, number an eight player, and she, we were like, love her to death, and like, I think, like, she's one of those players I always remember, but we like, were able to, I was able to give her more than she thought, like, because challengers like to be challenged, and I was able to challenge her more than a lot of people, and so she kind of, uh, kind of lived off that, and thrived off of that interaction, and and at the end, even though sometimes we might have butt heads, at the end, like, I feel like our relationship was super fruitful and we able, like, it was a strong, like, um, I hope she impacted, or I hope I impacted her and she definitely impacted me. And just, like, understanding, if you work in schools, too, I, I'm in schools, I'm in a school counseling position, so understanding each kid and yeah. it has different needs. Understanding that each player has different needs and you can't, and I've known this, but I'm going to have to, like, really figure out what that looks like when I'm a head coach is, like, you can't yell at a player that is doesn't like to be yelled at. I don't know what number it would be, but like if you're yelling at a player, they're gonna shut down. But a right. challenger, yell at them. They're gonna thrive off. That of actually that. energizes. Yeah, them. like they would. So just understanding the different needs of each player is so important. And like I'm totally for like giving a enneagram test or something to all my players, like as a fun team building activity, right. so that they understand each other. Yeah. And they even like the coaches. They understand the mm-hmm. coaches. Like, oh, why are they? Sam doing so and so, like I don't know, helps it just creates explain. empathy and yeah. yeah, working together. And yeah, I definitely see it as a good. Any's one of those personality tests, like love language. In high schools, we call them appreciation languages because mm-hmm. you want to say love, but <laughs> love languages, like just understanding each other, is a great team building activity. I'm like, that's something I'm super excited for and looking forward to right. doing eventually. Because it'll help the relationships, but at the end of the day, it also is going to help the win loss record too. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna play better if yeah. you understand. How people are going to respond better because yeah. I mean I'm just taking a guess here, but if somebody's a perfectionist and you're constantly calling out what they're doing wrong, what's well, probably going to crush them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they're going to like overthink about that one like mistake. And then they're going to start. Yeah, yeah and they're going to stress out about making another mistake. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so just understanding stuff like that like can help a lot of. It's coaches. amazing how like the the soft side can really affect like the end result, like yeah. the actual tangible on the court, yeah. on the field stuff too. Exactly, yeah. and all of this sounds like really great, and I know it's gonna be a lot harder like mm-hmm. to implement to pra- like in practical because like time, but I think if you commit to something, if you yeah. commit to like whatever your philosophy of coaching is, like if you gotta commit and just stick with that, mm-hmm. and you got to make time and I think your players will appreciate well let's run into practice a little bit with this team building activity like is that 30 minutes of practice really going to make us that much better or should we do some sort of yeah what's the ROI yeah yeah, exactly it might not show up that exact day but it's like over the course of the season it'll probably Mm -hmm. show up and for me it's something I've learned too is I don't have to change who I am or my natural bent to help relate or serve other people better yeah like there's ways that i can interact and and talk and communicate with people where i don't have to change who i am Mm -hmm. as nate but i'm still i'm helping them by adjusting a little bit to how they would receive it and knowing it's going to help or hurt them exactly it's just it's emotional awareness of other i don't know just an awareness and an empathy response for it used to be just like i mean 
it's not every single coach, but a, a lot of the 20, 30 years ago coach is just fear, intimidation, mm-hmm. blasting everybody, and it, who knows what the repercussions yeah. were. <laughs> were and, and there's, I'm, I know there's some old school people like, oh, all the kids are just too soft these days, they need to kick in the tail and everything yeah. else. But, I don't know, I've, just, I've seen too much good from learning more and more yeah. about each kid, and uh, I just think it's a biblical thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. Everybody's wired differently. Yeah. It's, and, it's okay. I can embrace the differences. We help exactly. each, we, we need each other, right? Like, especially in team sports. Like, you need somebody that's going to be that, that quiet, steady, strength person, and somebody's going to you know, get yeah. challenged and, and take charge and, and be the captain and all that stuff. If we had a team full of perfectionists, so <laughs> be bad like, news. yeah, you just don't want a, right. a monotonous team at all. Or, yeah, or a, an entire roster of mates, it would be like nothing would actually get <laughs> talked about. Like if there was issues, we'd always be trying to keep the peace. And yeah, <laughs> peacemakers all around. <laughs> we'd all be having, it'd be really nice and cozy, but we wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and there's value in eat. That's the thing. Is there's value in each one. Yeah. But there's value in variety, and that's how like the name of the game and the name of life is. Yeah. Like, that's why we are. Value and variety. Need to tweet yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will tell you. I won't. As as you're saying, like as a scream, I will not. Well, I say this. I just do not. It's not in me. It's not my character or temperament. I don't think I'm gonna be a screamer coach, but we'll mm. see how that goes. Like I've yeah. never been a yeller, so I'm very much. Well, a- and there's a there's a the guy from Transformational Leadership, Ford Taylor. He he said there's a big distinction between yelling to somebody yeah. and yelling at, at them. Yeah. You know, like yelling to them to correct to do something different on the field instead of yelling at them about who they are. Like yeah. it was, it's very different of like. Uh, go over there, you know, like you, or in the timeout, like you mess that up mm-hmm. versus like you're a failure. Yeah. Like it's very subtle, but it's like you're correcting something they did versus when you're saying you, you are blank. Mm-hmm. That's an identity thing that can be pretty, pretty hurtful. Yeah. And as a player, like I was in that, like how many times did I overthink something that the coach probably didn't think twice about? Mm-hmm. Like that's not, like it's not his fault. Like, I mean, they may have said something, but me, I'm, they said it a certain way. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, why am I playing soccer? Like, I should just yeah. hang on my cleats now. <laughs> but, like, they're not, that's not the intention. And no, I am, like, right. I, can, I can look back and say that now, but mm-hmm. I have to remember that my players are going to do the same exact thing. Yeah. My players are going to overthink a lot of things that I say or whoever says. Like, they're going to mm-hmm. analyze, even though my intention may be, like, okay, we'll just do something better. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the way our perception, the way we perceive how people say, like what people say is so big. And I know yeah. as a player, I overthought things and I have to remember that my players are going to overthink things. So like, not like, not being so careful with my words, but having purpose behind everything yeah. I'm saying and kind of... Yeah, because there's power that. behind them. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Good deal. Well, any, any last uh, thoughts or anything else on, on your heart? Maybe... Uh, to somebody else who's just starting out in coaching or any other kind of leadership lesson you picked up along the way you want to share? Before yeah, I think the theme of my, like, I'm 24, which I feel super old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> but the theme of, like, where I'm at in my age is, like, I'm not competent enough or I'm not, like, I'm too young or mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't have enough experience. And, like, I even say, like, oh, I'm afraid to be a head coach because I don't think I could do it. Like, I just don't think I'd like I'm able to or I don't think I know enough or I don't think I'd be able like I'd be good enough at it and I think um that's like a trap that we fall into that like even when I which is like this is goes back even like being starting FCA and like being a leader there I was like well I don't know enough about the bible like I'm Mm -hmm. not good enough I'm not like I'm gonna have to live this perfect life and like it's a trap of like we're this empty comparison like what are we comparing like what at what point will I be like oh now I know enough and so I think as 
young coaches or even if you're going into a leadership position like like God has prepared you for where you are like that Mm -hmm. is his purpose and your his role for you in that position like you're going you're gonna mess up yeah but it's how you mess up and how you fall like gracefully and like showing Jesus and like I just have to I have to tell myself that and so if I can tell other people that like there you're never gonna be good enough. like I don't right. know like God has made you like out you're adequate you're, like you're perfect in his like image like mm-hmm. so why are we chasing this like enough yeah. and so um the time is like now and like when Jesus like I'm like waiting I'm praying and like like trying to hear what he where he wants to guide me but in the back of my head I'm also like fighting a lot of it and so just being confident in what he's prepared you for what you the experiences you've been through like yeah. if you're young if you're a young coach like you're there for a reason like mm-hmm. the players are going to relate to you because you're young like you're going to have strengths that you didn't like you're probably undermining so just believe in what you where you're at now and like mm-hmm. believe that you're in this position for a reason like I would love to have a young coach right now yeah, I would love to be, have that young coach because of the relation factor so okay. um, yeah I, I, I'm still wrestling with that so I don't know like what my like advice is but just like I'm I know God like has prepared me I knew God prepared me for mm-hmm. a leadership position even yeah. though I was wrestling with it like um, he is so faithful and he's so perfect that we're our, his plan is gonna kind of come to fruition so yeah, and just that. trusting that no, that's really good. In, in the first couple of months of being on staff with FCA, I was in a, in a meeting with um, a missions guy at a church, and he talked about, well, he was referencing Moses, but he just talked about the importance of we get so caught up in our current ability or our perceived ability, and God's much more inclined to re- respond to our availability and our obedience and our openness to it. Where if we feel like, hey, God's going to need to be in the mix in this scenario, that's probably a good place to be. Instead yeah. of being like overly confident and arrogant, like, yeah. I got it all figured out. Like, that's, that's a pretty bad place to be. You know? yeah, exactly. So it's okay to, to not know everything and, yeah. and to be authentic as you go. And I think you build a ton of trust that way and um, trust that you're expert enough or you're at least a few steps further along than where they were. And, yeah. and that's really valuable and working out. And that's a really yeah. good word. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Well, I know you, you embody that. You've been, you know... The, the same the same person that I met you've grown a ton but you've always been uh, just your your spirit and your demeanor and in your drive and uh, how encouraging you've been I know you're a blessing to a lot of people while you're at, at NKU I know you rock that at Lee and excited to see just what's in store for you I know God's got some incredible plans and, and thanks for being with us thank you thanks so much Nate. Yeah. Well, that will just about do it for this edition of the Coach to Coach podcast. Thanks again so much to Sam Rutowski for hopping on the show and sharing her heart and her story. One of the things that I really took away was her ability to get to know each one of her players and how they will respond and how they're motivated and how they're wired. And it really reminded me that that reality on the team, like if you get all those people together and know that while you're different, each of each person is valued and a critical part of the team and when there's unity built that incredible things can happen the same thing is true for our spiritual life in first corinthians 12 it talks about all the different spiritual gifts that different people have but we're all members of one body of one team and when we all work together and realize we're all valuable and no one is necessarily better than the other some incredible things can happen 
Well, hey, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your preferred app that you're using so you won't miss any new episodes coming up. And especially the next two episodes are going to be special with Coach Dale Mueller. He is a legend in the coaching world in Northern Kentucky. Several state titles. He's coached a couple of different schools in Cincinnati, but also at Highlands High School. He'll share some of his journey and wisdom over decades of coaching experience. So excited for you to hear from him. So go ahead, hit subscribe. And until next time, keep changing lives on your team and in your home.